backboard banter on the board with your hosts matt middleton and kevin rayner we're the banter's as ferocious as that montreal win last night kevin i know i know we're only doing basketball this season but you know opening night my montreal canadians got the dub and this might be the highlight of the season but i'm okay with it man because hey we beat the big bad leafs man there's no way we weren't starting off today talking about that 4-3 victory you know canadians doing what they do i cannot be happy for you my guy it's what we want to see we want to see the victories but as you mentioned yeah it might be the last uh shining moment between these two teams for the montreal side of things yeah man hey and honestly like the leafs probably gonna like a lot of people picking them to win the east win the stanley cup you know come out of the the eastern conference montreal probably going to be last place the only other two teams that have worse odds or better odds to finish last are in the western conference in chicago and arizona uh but hey man last for for now man montreal's here the leafs are here in the standings and that's what that's what matters today that's you know, all when, that matters when we're talking about it and also cole caulfield like you know, the legend two goals. goals to start it off yeah, yeah. take a little, take should a little have, picture should have had a hat trick should have would have been would have been real he sweet had four or five but he definitely should have had a hat trick he had a wide open net at the end of the first that he just completely missed i mean didn't take too long to take that back like i think he was like 30 seconds left in the first he misses a wide open net 30 seconds into the second he scores so yeah, it is what it is. Marty's, Would have been nice to have two. Yeah, Marty's starting the team off strong for the beginning of the season. I hope for more victories for that Canadian team for the rest of the Thanks, season. Hey, man. As long as they're entertaining games like that, like, even if we had lost last night in overtime, it still would have been a good game. Like, Montreal hung in there the whole time, and that's all I can ask for for this season. I'm expecting the losses to come. Um, I'm thinking about Connor Bedard in my dreams, so, you know, it's not, not the worst draft to be bad in. It's all about the future right now, my guy. I get it. And we're talking about the first games of the season in the NHL. We are less than a week away from actual NBA basketball. We've been muddling around with this preseason stuff. But this time next week, we'll be talking about actual NBA season basketball. Super pumped. Absolutely, man. I mean, we've been you know, pulling out topics, trying to figure it out. Uh, we've been talking about the preseason games. But now, uh, you know, next week when we get our show started, there'll be actual live basketball games to talk about. The Raptors will have played their home opener against the new Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, it'll be an exciting time because, you know, football, basketball, um, we've got hockey, we've got baseball playoffs. As a sports fan, this is the best time of the year. Matt, Matt is living the dream over there. But yes, it's time for basketball. It's time to look ahead at our expectations for the rest of the season coming up. Now, are we going to start with predictions on the left, on the right? Do we want to talk about individual players? What kind of what kind of day are we looking at here, Matt? Uh, man, I'm down to talk about uh, how you think the Eastern Conference or Western Conference is going to stack up. Um, I'll, I'll let you pick the conference, though. Ooh, spicy. Well, I'm gonna I'll stick to the West so we can save the East for later. But I was originally gonna say we could get the West out of the way because it might be easier than the East. And then I was like, wait, no. I think both of these conferences this year are actually really challenging to lay out. You know, the bottom and the tops may be straightforward, but there's so many teams in the middle this year on each side that there's gonna be a lot of different brackets. That's for sure. 
Honestly, man, uh, last year we we talked about the East being the better conference for the majority of the of the season, and it definitely was. I think the Western Conference has a chance to take it back this year. Um, the last five teams in the in the Western Conference were pretty easy for me to place, um, but the the top ten, I had such trouble kind of picking through where I think they're gonna end up. Uh, but you know, let me give you my playoff teams here, man. Um, I think the Memphis Grizzlies, I think the the LA Clippers, the Golden State Warriors, the Denver Nuggets, and the Minnesota Timberwolves are all going to secure playoff spots without having to go to the play-in. Um, oh, and and Dallas, sorry, you get six. Sorry, you you got to have six. I mean, we're in a pretty similar situation, you and I here. You know, Matt is higher on the Clippers than I am. I'm a little bit higher on the Lakers. Maybe I might be insane over here. We haven't exactly figured that one out but you see russ last night yeah you know i'm i'm, I'm believing ago. i'm believing in pat bev okay this guy seems ready to go for, i know i'm i'm just messing around here i'm be- the one who's starting the fights i mean not like a fight but like the disagreements and the <laughs> oh, they're they're in for a rocky season but you know lebron is lebron how many more seasons of lebron do we have left so i gotta at least keep him up there a little bit more but most likely the lakers are looking lower than the sixth that i have them at right now yeah, man, that's why I've got them out of the playoffs. I've got them at nine. Um, they'll definitely, I think, make the play-in because uh, they have two of the top 15 players in the world. But I, I just, besides that, they've got nothing else. And they're going to, they're obviously going to have to move Russell Westbrook after, you know, this offseason that they've had, the preseason. It's clear to me that if this team is going to do anything in the playoffs, they need to move him, which just is going to make their season even harder because now they're going to learn chemistry on the fly. They're going to be integrating players on the fly. Um, you know, it's it's just not a great situation at all for me. And last year I was you know, optimistic. Russ is one of my all-time favorite players. Oh, yeah. LeBron is, you know, the the GOAT in my opinion. And Anthony Davis was supposed to be, you know, he was supposed to be coming off that injury-riddled season where, okay, now I'm back at being in shape. And he didn't do it. Westbrook sucked. LeBron was hurt. I think I'm not going to say that they're going to be better this year, man. I think, you know, just a smidge better because maybe they get some extra games on LeBron and AD, but that's about it. I'm of two minds here when it when it comes to the Lakers because everything you laid down right there is so correct and it's so true and is most likely the path that this Lakers team is going to take. But I want to have a little bit of hope, you know. A few years ago, AD was in the conversation of is he going to be MVP? Could he be Defensive Player of the Year? That was a few years ago. We've now seen it. Can he come back to his resurgence? You know, we saw what he was able to do in the bubble itself. Yeah, that's the question. Obviously, LeBron is aging the way that he's doing. Obviously, Westbrook is not the fit, but maybe they make a trade workout. But if they don't make a trade, they're going to have to figure it out with this roster. One thing I know about LeBron is that we've seen him take a worse team pretty far in the playoffs, in my opinion. So on the one hand, maybe putting them at six is difficult. And we have a little bit more hope saying that LeBron could you know, drag this team into the play on play in and then hopefully drag them through that and then drag like that's the hope maybe. Dude, we're putting this team on year twenty LeBron's back and like again, I think LeBron's the GOAT. And it shows that like in year twenty to have a team that has championship expectations and and you know maybe a championship ceiling because they have a, a twenty year LeBron, like 
what are we doing here, man? Like, this is ridiculous. And I love the guy. I just, I just, he's not there anymore. Yep. When people talk about the number one player in the NBA, it is Giannis and Le- LeBron's not even in the thought. You know, it's KD, it, it's Jokic, it's Embiid. And I just, as much as I think he's still right there with those guys, you know, top five player in the league, he just doesn't have that clear-cut edge that he used to, you know? I, I agree, and that's why I bring up Anthony Davis, because the hope is that he can be that. But again, we haven't been able to see it, right? But that's that's why it's easy to, to, to talk about the Lakers. That's why we can get them out of the way so quickly here, because there's the do-they or the don't-they. And if they don't-they, it's, it's, it's down in the dumps for this team. Man, I feel like we're really flipped on those LA teams. Like, I got the Lakers out of the playoffs. You got the Clippers below the Lakers... Could you explain that one to me? Just just below, all right. When I when I put these when I put these lists together, you know, oh. I, I have them at the seventh. In my mind, I have this like scenario where it's the last game of the season and the Lakers and the Clippers are playing each other, and LeBron's like, I'm getting this victory, so I'm not in the play. You know, the the hilarity. But for me, I look at this Clippers squad and everyone is so high on them because they have very good reasons to. There's so much potential in Kawhi and Paul George and John Wall, and we love Norm. Like there's so much good talent in this team, but like I was with the Philadelphia 76ers for years, I just haven't seen it yet. And I need to see John Wall come in and be the third gun that everyone expects him to be. And I need Paul George and Kawhi to play more than 50 games each. And yeah, I definitely probably have them too low, but at the end of the day, I, I gotta wait to see it. Look, man, weren't they like the seventh or eighth seed last year without Kawhi for the oh, entire yeah. season and Paul George playing all but like 20 just playing 25 games or something like that. Now they're going to get both those guys back. I don't know about you, man, but John Wall has actually looked explosive in preseason. Like, watching his highlights, I'm like, oh, okay. shit. Did, did, did John Wall gain a step? Did he, you is know, he a little bit of extra time, a little yeah. bit of extra rehab, strength? I don't know what it is, man. The guy looks younger. And if he can even be, like, 85%, the John Wall that we knew at his peak, as the third leading option for this team, like, I don't see how they're going to fall out of the top three, man. Like, Memphis, Clippers, and GS are are easily my top three. Denver, I've got to throw them in there because I think they're going to have a monster season. But, like, that's... That's really it for me, man. Like, how do you have the Clippers below the Lakers? I just, I worry for them that their priority is postseason. That their, their mental game is postseason. And that getting a regular season record isn't going to matter, and maybe that's why they will slip down the table as much as they will. Especially since I'm so high on the Nuggets, I'm so high on the Mavericks, the T-Wolves, you know, the Grizzlies. I'm so high on the Grizzlies. So it's like, I just kind of was putting this list together, and I realized that I'm in the middle, and I'm like, oh, I've got Lakers, Clippers, I've got Suns, Kings. Like, there's some weird teams that could all have a good range. Like, obviously, I believe that the Clippers have a higher potential ceiling of where on the ladder they could sit above the Lakers. And lower, I think the Lakers are lower. Like, if you have them in a tier, the Lakers are just above, but also I think they could be way lower. And the Clippers are just below, but they could also be way higher. You know, it's that's the difficulty of, of this Western Conference right now. But just saying that, man, like, the Clippers should be ahead of them. Like, I don't know about you, but I think Sacramento's peak is lower than, like, a team like New Orleans' peak. I mean, yeah, if, yeah, okay. if Zion stays healthy this whole year, like I know he already got hurt. I know it didn't look good. Um, but if he could stay healthy this whole year, they're going to be a better team than Sacramento. Sacramento 
like definitely has a I think a higher floor because they're more likely to stay healthy the whole season, right? Like, yeah. You know, New Orleans has a bigger range. Sacramento's probably like in the eight to ten range for sure, almost guaranteed. But like, man, you gotta go with the better team. You gotta go with the better roster. You gotta go with the better situation if it all works out. And that's what the Clippers have, man. I mean, you've got me. I mean, I still remember when I was putting my my first list together. I had it all together, and I was like, "This looks great." And then I was like, "Wait, I didn't put the Nuggets on here yet." And I had already done the top seven teams already. So like, it's difficult. But Matt might be convincing me over here that I made a mistake on the Clippers. I'm just gonna just gonna hide away. Dude, there are some some big lines through some of my brackets that I made. <laughs> so I I get it, man. It, it's a tough one. Um, I had you know, most of the way through on the Eastern Conference side, and I realized I didn't even include Boston. And I was like, oh, dang. Yep, that's, that's how it is, right? Reshuffle this whole thing. Yeah, it's like that on both sides, man. Um, anywhere else you want to talk about in the West? I mean, I'm definitely good with the Clippers. I think if we want to just pump our way all the way up to the top of the table here, I can try to convince Matt why I have the Memphis Grizzlies as the number one seed. All right. But you bro, too? I got them as the one seed. Yeah. <gasps> okay, Memphis, well, Clippers, Golden State. Oh, easy. One, okay, two, well, then, three, baby. I don't have to convince you that. Okay, so let's let's talk about the Grizzlies real quick on why we're both let's so high. Let's just tell the audience them. why they're gonna be the number <laughs> one seed. That's it. I mean, heck, I, I could talk about them for days, but it's it's the John Morant show, and he's got the boys around him that are ready to go. And Taylor Jenkins, the coach, like. There's a reason that they got themselves to the second seed last year in the West. There's a reason why that they're so young and yet have so much talent. If it all comes together and they have the perfect season, there's no reason they shouldn't be at the top of the West. I think they just have the best best roster in terms of ascending young talent, um, already established talent, like it's and it's all coming together for them. Um, I also think that they they hit on an undrafted prospect in Kenny Lofton Jr. I think that they they have some other good draft picks and they're going to develop into this great team. They're not going to miss a beat without DeAnthony Melton. I know he's he's probably a, a big key, yeah. um, but you know I don't think that it's going to affect them too much. Um, Desmond Bain again, another full season of him. Like he's going to look better. I just, yeah, I think Memphis is, is the the class of the Western Conference just because they have no real injury concerns. John Morant slightly, but not not comparatively to like. If you want to argue, Steph Curry has a, has a bigger injury history than he does. Yep. Kawhi Leonard has a bigger hi- injury history than he does. Denver with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, like those are big issues. Um, I don't know how great Minnesota and Dallas are going to be. I don't know if I can put them in that upper echelon tier. And then yep. you've got New Orleans with Zion, Chris Paul, and then like the Lakers. So yeah, I, I think Memphis easily easily outclasses the field in terms of just like accountability and banked upon development for this year and they were already the second seed last year one seed is logical especially with the suns taking a step back and and they went what 22 and 4 without jaw like this team is ready to go they're going to be riding their momentum from last season taylor jenkins is the perfect coach it seems for what they're looking to do yeah, it's easy. Why not the Grizz at the top of the West? I want to see it. You want to see it. Grizz fans for sure want to see it. So I think we're in for the John Morant show coming ahead. Definitely, man. And then, you know, at the bottom, we got the usual suspects in San Antonio, Utah, and, and Oklahoma City. Though this whole Chet 
Holmgren injury injury could be like a blessing in disguise for OKC. Maybe they get Victor Wembanyama. Um, man, that'd be a crazy tall lineup with him and Pukashevsky oh and and Holmgren and even Josh Giddy at like what six eight at the point guard spot. Like, dang, man, it, it would be a crazy situation. And yeah, I think we've accepted that we know that OKC is tanking. I think the Rockets are going to be better than the rest of the quote unquote pure tanking teams. I could Bottom say. Three. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you look at the Jazz and the Spurs. The Jazz for sure are tanking. We know they're looking for Wembignano. They're looking for their next Rudy Gobert. The Spurs is the interesting situation because, like, on the one hand, you know, Keldon Johnson looks good. But on the other hand, they're definitely tanking. And they're definitely not going to have a good season. Bro, um, I think Keldon Johnson is going to win most improved player this year. I think he's going to average, like, 22 I think I'm gonna say like five rebounds and and seven assists, eight yeah. assists maybe. It's, it's not gonna make a difference for this no. team. <laughs> He's gonna put up. They're gonna be empty, inefficient stats, and they're gonna be a bunch of losses. Somebody's gotta score for them, and it's gonna be him. So let's, um, let's yeah, shout out Jakob Pertle maybe getting a couple of points. The like free Jakob potentially what, to a what's contender. He gonna, what's he going to average at most? Like 15 and 10? Yeah, exactly. I like Jakob Pertle, but he's not a 20-point scorer. At most, he's 17 and 10. Yeah. At most. Mm-hmm. So, it, so. It, looks, it looks like the Spurs are setting themselves up for the future. And, I mean, I think I made this joke last week about Wembenyana making, you know, Popovich extend his career another 10 years potentially. But the Spurs are definitely at the bottom. And I think we both agree that... Unfortunately, the Blazers look like, you know, the last team out when it comes to any of the still competing teams left on the table. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody and their mother knows that Portland, with this whole trading CJ McCollum, getting Jeremy Grant thing, is is very mediocre. I have them kind of lumped in with the Rockets, um, you know, just going in different directions. The Rockets are going up, the, the Portland Trailblazers are going down, but they're at the same level for me and um, where they're going to be this season. The only thing when it comes to the Blazers that I can see is Dame just being Dame. And so they make their way into a play-in spot. They make their way up a little bit on the table because Dame wins them an extra, you know, 12 games out of his pocket, right? That's the only thing that I see of them making the play-in, but I can't see them getting above that. That would be chaos. Look, man, I love Dame. I just, I don't see that in him. I think he's on the wrong side of 30. I think that last year, he missed the most almost all of the season, right? I think he missed the entire season. Pretty much. Um, yeah, like just a few games that he played. And they were bad in the few games that he did play at the beginning of the season. So it's not like all of a sudden they're just going to... With with Jeremy Grant over CJ McCall, McCollum? Like, I know what you mean, yeah. It's very, very white, like washy here. Like, just... No, no, they're way. not ready. Okay, so do you want to talk about the Pelicans a little bit? Because they're right above for me. I have the Pelicans at 10. Bro, all we need to say about the Pelicans is if Zion is healthy, this is 100% a playoff team. If Zion is not healthy, they'll probably be where they were last year, which was the 10th seed, yep. 9th seed. They'll have to fight their way into the playoffs. They might make the playoffs. They might make some noise in the first round. But really, that's that's kind of their ceiling. Unless Zion is healthy, that's it. And to me, I think he's... He's going to miss some games this season. I think I've got him penciled in for about 60 games. Um, but I still think with the 60 games, he's probably going to be on uh, the third-team All-NBA because he's a monster. So, I mean, it's what we can expect from them, right? The only reason that, that I put them below the Kings on this list this week is because of that injury, literally. Just all of a sudden, right? But the Sacramento Kings, I have them at 9. 
I'd love to put them up higher. I really would love to put them up higher because I want the Kings to be in the playoffs this year. I want their drought to end just because I like what they put together on, around De'Aaron Fox. I've mentioned it probably every week at this point that the Kings are sleepily on their way into the play-in, and I'm excited to see it happen. Just the biggest issue with that is, man, is like they're not better than Lakers. You don't think they're going to be better than Phoenix, Dallas, Minnesota. Like It goes yeah. on and on. And just how high can they climb? Um, I do like what they did, but again, I think that the NBA is so talent rich right now that it's so difficult to pick who's going to be great year after year with talent, with the mobility also that we have allowed in the league, that talent moves around so freely. Um, It's just, it's so impossible to predict, I believe, man. Um, This is my best guess. And I think I've got, you know, good understanding of where the team should land, but hey, we'll see. Right. And, and, you know, we're talking down about how this could be bad. Like if the Kings make the play in and win a play in game, that is a 100% successful season. It is the next step for this team. If Keegan Murray can end up being the right draft pick for this team, you know, Kings are on their way to potentially a positive future, which if you've been a fan of this franchise for the past 15 years, you have not looked for, you haven't been able to see the light. You've just been piled on with darkness for a while. Also, there might be something wrong with you. Um, seek some professional help if you've liked the, the Kings for 15 years. Please. Please Honestly, a valid, valid point. Matt over here spitting bars, telling oh, the truth. Buddy. Okay, so... I think... Oh, you? Oh, no. Well, I was just going to say... I think the Western Conference is done, no? The only thing we didn't really talk about is the Suns and why we have them as low as we do. I think it's it's beaten, man. We've talked about it. CP3 regression. Aiden doesn't want to be there. It's just not... Not the time. Window shut. Let's go on. Easy. All right. Well, we're moving our way to the Eastern Conference. Bottom top. Where do you want to go, my friend? Man, I want to stare at the bottom because this is a team that I think was on the right track until this year. They made a pick that I thought was not going to work out in LaMelo Ball. Yep. And then he became an instant superstar in this league. Him and Miles Bridges formed one of the most dynamic lob threats that we've seen since Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, man. They were monstrous. Bridges being the type of person that he is now is no longer in the league, and nor should he ever be back in the league. Agreed. They did nothing really in the offseason to address losing a player of his caliber. I like their draft picks, but I don't think it's enough. And I think that LaMelo is going to have a lot of a much harder time scoring the ball without his premier lob threat next to him. I think yeah. that the lanes are going to become a little bit more difficult for him to get through, a little bit more filled with limbs and, you know, trees watching out for him yeah, yeah. as opposed to watching for bridges. And so I could see him taking a step back, and I definitely see this team taking a major step back. And that's why I actually have them under Indiana, because I believe Tyrese Halliburton is going to win Indiana some games. I I love it, dude. You know, when it comes to the Hornets, their biggest issue for the past year, almost two years, has been they need a center. They need a center to work with LaMelo. Well... Here we are. You you tank your way to the bottom. You end up with Wembenyana, and it, all of a sudden, a team that is no real potential future, no real direction, has a superstar potential to pair with their other potential superstar. 
if you're the Hornets, I think that that's the direction you want to go in right now. You have to be thinking about a tank, which sucks. Because the last two years, you've been thinking about how to get better around LaMelo. How to work your way into the playoffs. So, eh, it's not fun for them. Hey, man, I feel like this just kind of fast-tracks the fact that they need that they're going to do that, right? Um, they did get Jalen Duren in the draft. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure they did. So, yeah, 13. Um, that fixes their center issues. Probably going back for Webinyan is a, is a better play, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, man, how much can you rely on just going to the lottery and getting, you know, a generational talent? That you're gonna have to compete against the other, you know, five six teams that are at the bottom here. And I'm sorry, Utah's tanking pretty hard, man. They are going for it. Okay? Yeah, exactly. And you're coming about the Pacers. Like, there's not really much more to say. In the past, we always talk about the Pacers as this team that was kind of stuck in the middle and they didn't want to tank. They wanted to be relevant but couldn't. But they they did they did it, Matt. They had a fire sale last season, and you got Tyrese Halliburton as your go-to potential star player to start with. So yeah, it looks like they're tanking. The surprise that I have down here, Matt, which I don't think you've thought about, is I actually have the Wizards down low, all the way at the bottom, because I'm really? expecting them to figure out their situation, which is that they're stuck in the middle and that they have talent, but they need to do better around Beal. It's crazy. It's my one way out there on the East, but I could see the Wizards deciding, oh man, this is not it. A big injury happens, something left and right, and they could just be looking for the future. The thing about the Wizards is they're going to have to start making those trades to look at the future, whereas like Indiana and Charlotte are already there. Um, I think Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, like Kristaps Porzingis, like there's enough there for them to be middling. I have them at 10 or 11. Um, they're really interchangeable with the Knicks for me at this point. Um, I've got Detroit kind of moving up, Orlando, you know, that bottom three. Um, but yeah, man, like I think Washington might sneak into the play game, but I could see what you're saying. They would have to just completely blow it up for me, though, in order to do that. And that's definitely a possibility for them to hit the bottom especially with a guy like Wembenyana out there. Yeah, I just look at last season where they started like 8-2. and two. They were the top of the East for the first time in like 10 years, basically, as a franchise. And it was like, they've got it. But I just don't know. I want to see a fire sale because I just don't think they have enough. And if the front office is smart, they know that they should probably move on. But with a guy like Beal who's stuck on the roster, who really knows? But moving up the table, you know, the Magic, the Pistons, we know they're going to tank. They've got young players. They're not going to be in the playoffs. They might make it into the playoff. All things depends. But... Detroit might do something if mm-hmm. Cade really pops and, and Jaden Ivey's awesome. Um, but then again, um, they're going to also need some contributions from some rookies and Jalen Williams yeah. and um, besides Jaden Ivey. And like, they're going to need some development. I just don't think that they're there. Marvin Bagley, like... I'm pretty sure Bagley just got injured, actually, but oh, yeah, no I, yeah. But I look at this Pistons. That's why I have them at eleven, right? I have them as like the one, not really tanking, tanking team that is going to be good enough to have wins over the tanking squads, but not good enough to really make it into the play-in tournament. Yeah, and you know they've got four wins against us scheduled in their <laughs> absolutely <laughs> in their calendar. So, oh, Dwayne Casey, oh. how do you do this to us? Man, it's because we fired him after Coach of the Year. Like, we're just going to have to live with that curse until he retires. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> um, absolutely. But, okay, so, yeah, I've got the Knicks at 10. 
And I got the Bulls at nine. If you want to talk about those two teams next, well, yeah, I think we're a lot more aligned on on the on the Eastern Conference here. Um, definitely have the Bulls just at nine with the Lonzo news that he's not going to be able to play for the full season. I don't expect Demar Derozan to be anywhere close to the type of player that he was previously. Um, you know, last year I think that was his peak. Yeah, yeah they're just. They're going to regress for me. They're not going to be solid defensively. I feel like Zach Levine might even ask out halfway through the season. He signed for the bag. Now he wants to get out of there again. Like, he wants his own team. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I think the the better interesting story for me is, I think you're also in on this, where you have Miami at, like, eight. Uh, right? I have them at seven, but I swear I could put the I Hawks them above them. Like, I should have put the Hawks above them. I have them. the Hawks at, at seven. See? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, these are kind of like opposite moving teams here. You know, Atlanta just making the play in tournament, just getting into the playoffs. We now have them ahead of the team that finished first in the Eastern conference. And I think it's really Miami didn't do anything over the off season. They got older and they paid Tyler hero, which I'm not really, I'm not a huge fan of Tyler hero. <laughs> um, <laughs> and whereas Atlanta went out, they got better, they got DeJounte Murray, they are now banking on development from within, you know, Murray's a young guy who should be getting better, uh, Young's a good young player who's getting better, Clint Capella, John Collins, like, they're in a better situation. I think that Miami takes a huge stumble this year, and Atlanta gets right over top of them. It's kind of crazy that we see both the, the Suns and the Heat you know, the two scorching teams of the NBA suddenly falling down these tables here. It's kind of crazy. I feel like maybe I need to do a little racing here and bump the Hawks up because, like, for me, I think the reason why I kept the Heat where they were is I think just it, kept, it sounded ridiculous to put them at eight, to put them all the way down there considering the last few seasons that they've had, considering the way that Jimmy's been in the playoffs. But then I remembered we're not talking about the playoffs. We're talking about the regular season. And the way Bam has just not taken the step that everyone has wanted him to, the way that we know that Kyle is getting older. I mean, he he only played, I think he played less than half Kyle a season. Looks really old. Right, that's what I'm saying, right? So you can only have so much where there's so many veteran voices on this team that are going to be great for teams and young players, but there's not enough of that new talent continuing to get better with the Heat. So they, they really are faltering, unfortunately. And will they fall this far? I mean, it, it depends on a lot in this Eastern Conference, but the fact that we can see it happening, it's not a good sign. Yeah, like I see Miami kind of keeping their level of play just kind of under where they were last year. And because the East was so tight last year, and because I think all of those teams underneath them got slightly better yeah. i think that's what really pushes them down you know i think um you know cleveland got better i think philadelphia is going to be better i think brooklyn's going to be better just because they're going to have continuity and health um i think boston's going to be worse because they lost udoka but i think they're still going to be better than miami and i think with our internal development we're still going to be ahead of them now i could definitely see scenarios where we don't develop or, or have the season that we want from Scotty Barnes and some of our younger players, and therefore we regress, and Miami jumps us, and Atlanta jumps us, and we're at the 8th seed or the nine seed. Yeah. Um, but I think, really, as an optimistic Raptors fan who's hoping to kind of lay out what they want for the season, I think the 6th seed is, is kind of right perfect for where the Raptors are going to be. It's a, it's a comfortable place. Right, we didn't really talk about the Hawks, so I'm just gonna get my thoughts for them just out of the way real quickly because I do really like Dejounte. 
that you really like where where he's ending up. And I, and I think that the Hawks made the right decision this season and that they're going to stop their free fall because it seemed like, you know, they were doing great. They they got over the Ben, the ben Simmons moment to, to be where they were and then nothing. Seemingly just kind of forgotten about Trey was still doing Trey things, but there there seemed to be like little drama around John Collins and Capella they, and they other weren't... things. They weren't an Eastern Conference Finals team. Exactly. And they got there based on the, the 76ers kind of choking that up to them. And they were just ahead of schedule. They, You start reading your own press clippings. You start yeah. – you're not playing to the level that you played last season. And everybody's off by just as, enough. It brings the whole team down. Yeah. And they were only, I think – I think the year they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, they were only like a fifth or sixth seed. Like they oh, weren't yeah, – yeah. it wasn't like they were a home, home court advantage through the playoffs, right? They, well, they were the they were the the fifth seed who beat the fourth seeded Knicks, who then beat Philly. That was the story. Bam, Knicks getting getting stray bullets okay. over here. We were in Tampa, man. Like that season doesn't count. But the, just my last thoughts on the Hawks is like I think about the free fall they've taken, and a, and, a, and, a, and a player like Dejounte with the defensive prowess that he has, I think was was such a stellar move and is going to get wins for this team. A defensive player is going to provide wins for this team that they wouldn't have oh, gotten yeah. otherwise. And that's why I'm excited for the Hawks, but I can't I can't put them up there as a as you mentioned earlier, you know, as a uh, potential we're hoping for the Raps over here. So, that's why they're, you know, at 8, the Hawks or sorry, the Heat are at 7 and then the Raptors at number 6. Yeah, man. And then you actually got Philadelphia, you finally join join the bandwagon over here of a guy who even though I don't like Philadelphia, I know they're a really good team. You have them at the top of the Eastern Conference. Is that based on James Harden, man? Uh, it has a lot to do with James Harden. It's it's a combination, obviously, of Embiid being snubbed, and maybe this is the year where he just goes out and just destroys the league. But also, Harden looks locked in. He looks ready to go. And the third factor? Tyrese Maxey lighting up preseason. Oh my god. If, if, if he's not... From the, the short, small amount of games that I've had the opportunity to see, he's the best player that I've seen by far, just in terms of how different he seems, how on his game he seems. So those top three of Philadelphia look like they're ready to, to put some business down. So that's why I got them at the top finally. You know, it's taken years to convince me, but they're there. Hey, man, all I'm going to say to you about preseason is Milwaukee hasn't won a preseason game just yet. Um, also, the Habs finished 0-8 in their preseason. So... <laughs> You never know. Preseason is only so much of the picture, right? People are, they're not necessarily trying to win games. They're trying to get better for the regular season. That's oh, yeah. the process. So you got to remember that, my friend. Um, I think that kind of sums up the Eastern Conference for us a little bit, though. Anybody else that you really want to talk about out in the East? I mean, the only things we didn't really mention, uh, I mean, we've talked, we talked about it last week with a lot of these teams, you know, when we were breaking down, or two weeks ago, actually, when we were breaking down the Atlantic Division, since there's so many good teams in that division. Obviously, the reason we have Cleveland above the Raptors, probably to do with Donovan Mitchell, honestly, and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's as easy Donovan as that. Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Jared <laughs> Allen, like right again. Darius Garland, they're going to be a really good team. The injury situation with Cleveland really had the end of their season last year seem kind of murky. So they're they're going to come out on all cylinders, and they're definitely going to be firing. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cleveland even in a top four seed with what we've seen with the Celtics potentially dropping, with the Nets being unsure. Them in a top four seed, man. Honestly, I I could even see them being the number one seed because I again, as much as I have Milwaukee as my as the best team in the Eastern Conference, and like for me, they're the number one seed. 
every year in, year out, as long as they have Giannis, they're going to be there. Um, They kind of take the regular season as, you know, a warm-up. They're pretty complacent, um, which is fine. Like, LeBron's teams and LeBron took the regular season off most of the time when he knew he was in peak win championship mode. Yeah. So this, to me, like... Milwaukee, even though I have them at one, they could definitely end up at four. And Cleveland, I think, with the way that they showed out last year, and I also kind of have a sneaking suspicion that their coach may be going for coach of the year, <laughs> um, they could end up as the one seed. And if they get that one seed, he's almost a lock to win it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, right? There is there is a few question marks for a lot of these top Eastern Conference teams. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that breakdown. I think we did a pretty good job with most of the teams there. Yeah, definitely. And like, again, for the Brooklyn fans, your season could be anything. You guys could easily win the championship. You might actually have the best roster on paper in the entire Eastern Conference. You could also come last because Steve Nash can't control you. And Ben Simmons is wilding out. But I think that like video of him missing the airballing the three in the park (laughs) and it looking like really bad. I honestly think that like wasn't necessarily like him trying maybe he was trying to get a reaction of people to be like so on the first game when he nails a three-pointer he's like yeah i don't know but that's just that's just me putting things together that video just just the timing of that video it was so bad so hilarious it says but yeah we don't we don't need to get into that too much dude you can't be you can't practice a whole season and off season of shooting and shoot like that like (sighs) You and I shoot better than that, okay? And we're not good. Valid. Like, not even mediocre. I mean, I can't I can't disagree with you in that statement, my guy. But let's move on here. Let's talk about some of these awards. You mentioned it really briefly when we were talking about the Cavaliers. But let's start with Coach of the Year, because I believe yours is laid out for you. Oh, J.B. Bickerstaff, man. Easy. I See, this is what I think. So Cleveland was the fourth seed last year up until the injuries, like we talked about, kind of ravaged them. And they they fell all the way to the eighth seed. They end up falling, or the seventh seed, and they end up falling out of the playoffs altogether because they lose to Brooklyn and lose to Atlanta. So people have them as a non-playoff team in their head. They go out, they get Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I think that they have a chance at the one seed. I really do. And if they can get that one seed down... Your boy JB is going to win it. He's going to take a Easy. non-playoff team to the one seed in the Eastern Conference, and people are not going to vote him coach of the year. That's just that's the story that I kind of see unfolding. Even if he gets a top two, three seed, I think it'll be enough for him. I mean, you've, you've got a great story there. It's so much better than the boringness that I'm about to put forth. Because for me, it's really easy. It's Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies. They're going to set themselves up for success. They're going to put up 50 five maybe more wins and they're going to be the clear and ahead best team in the western conference and he's just going to take it home that's that's where my man goes i feel like they have to they have to win the western conference by quite a significant margin they'd have to put up at least 63 plus wins um to get there yeah just because they were so good last year that i think people are going to hold that against them because i think coach of the year isn't necessarily who's doing the best job the moment it's who had the biggest turnaround who's had the biggest improvement is it's cut because it's a media award because it's voted on you know that's how how it gets voted on it's never greg popovich if went to the best coach of the year greg popovich would have 10 12 coach of the year he doesn't 
So All right, well, then my, okay. my wild card pick for the coach of the year is whoever coaches the Sacramento Kings, because I actually don't know who that is, unfortunately. <laughs> you should Google it right now. <laughs> I should Google it, honestly. But, yeah, okay, where do you want to go? What's next? Uh, man, I'm I'm down to go with a sixth man of the year. Um, I got some some pretty wild ones for this. I mean, my safe pick is Norman Powell. I think that he's definitely going to be a sixth man on this team. I think the Clippers are going to be really good. I think he's going to get a lot of votes for it. I think if we move Gary Trent Jr. to the bench and he qualifies for sixth man of the year, I think he could be a really hot candidate. And that and Malcolm Brogdon. I don't know if Malcolm Brogdon is going to start. Yeah. Uh, he might start um, over Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, or maybe together. Um, but if he comes off the bench, I like Malcolm Brogdon too, especially on that team. Um, so. Valid, valid, valid point. Uh, I will say the coach is Mike Brown, a uh, legendary coach. Now, thing. suddenly he's a legendary assistant, now becoming a coach. So, hey, it's it's time. I'm so sorry, Mike Brown, for disrespecting you. Um, but, yeah, we, we were talking about six man of the year. Yeah, yeah. So, for me, it's really easy. It's simple. It's no problem at all. And when I say simple, I, I want to just give it to Tyler Hero again. I know it's the, the dumb decision and it's it's hilarious, but the guy is made to be a sixth man in this league. He's got He's the men- start this year. Uh, he wants to start this year. That that's his entire job versus getting the paycheck. But I just I, I can't see another player's archetype he's just he's perfect for the role and unless gary you know i think you were mentioning gary as the if he accepts his role as six man of the year you know i'd love to see gary get it out but six man is such a weird award you know i could pick i could honestly put all of the nba names on a chart and throw a dart at the board and i'd probably have the same chance of getting it right so (laughs) probably probably all right man well this is going to be a little bit easier because it's in it's a smaller you know pool of players rookie of the year who you got Oh, baby, I got Keegan Murray. I got the yeah. Kings, baby. I'm all in on the Everybody Kings this eh? year, dude. I'm. Everyone else is saying it. You know, everyone is pumped for it. But, you know, I just want to say I was here first. You know, I was I was banned at this Kings team's first. But no, it would be poetic for this Kings squad to have that happen. And you know what? Follows in the footsteps of one Scotty Barnes right at, you know, the year before. So I think it would be a really good story. And I think, it, you know, even if the Kings don't do anything, I think it'd be great to see their draft pick finally work out. Well, I kind of agree with you that it's going to be like a 3-4, like this year, Mobley-Barnes battle. But I think mm-hmm. the three is going to win it. I think Jabari Smith Jr. was just so silky smooth for this Rockets team. I think they're going to show enough improvement. He's going to be one of their like best players, and he's just going to kind of light it up. I have him winning Rookie of the Year. I got Keegan you know, right there. I also have Jaden Ivey right there, but we'll see. I wanted to keep myself out of the top three. Hilariously enough, I pick four. But no, great, yeah. great choice, honestly, right there. I would love to see it from him. You know, he was supposed to be the number one pick as of a little while ago, ended up falling down. And sometimes that puts a fire under players to really come out and, and show their stuff in their rookie season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it. All right. Um, do you want to go to do rookie teams? I know we're kind of jumping here, but let's just do some rookie teams maybe. Um, if yeah, you're good with that. I mean, yeah, um, I mean, you have them written down. I kind of just have them in my head today. So if you want to leave you, this part, do you want me to go with the second team? Yeah, I got Tari Eason. I really liked what I've seen out of him okay. in in a Rockets uniform in preseason. Got Marion Boschman. Um, I think he's going to prove to be a really valuable piece for Milwaukee. He's actually going to provide them serviceable minutes on a championship caliber team. I think that's what's going to kind of lead him into this, even if he averages like you know, like seven, eight points, three rebounds, two assists. I think the minutes that he provides are going to be enough to get him there on second All-NBA. I think Shaden Sharp, 
is going to hit second team all NBA. I really liked what he did in his, I think it was second preseason game. His first one was kind of rough. It looked mm-hmm. like he hadn't played a competitive game in a while. And then he really balled out. So love that. I take the un- undrafted sleeper in Kenny Lofton Jr. Ooh. And then I'm going to take our boy Christian Coloco. I think Coloco is going to be very serviceable for our team. I think that he'd be better served in the G League all year, but I think that we need him too much. And he's going to be enough of a defensive presence to garner the second team uh, all-rookie. I mean, I, I would love, love to see that out of Coloco. The only other name that I, I would bring up is maybe uh, Benedict Matherin. I don't know if he's on your first team, potentially, but if not... No, he's, he could... he's not on my first team. He could slide in here as as another player early on in the draft. I consider that could make something happen. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you pretty yeah. much you got you got all the names there easy. Yeah, and then like the first team, I I kind of went with the obvious easy choices. You know, Paolo Banchero. I, he's going to have the ball in his hands for the entire time for Orlando. Jay Nivey, I think Cade Cunningham's going to really help him out. Uh, Keegan Murray again. I had him in my rookie of the year conversation. Jabari Smith Jr. is my rookie of the year. He's got to be on first team All NBA for rookie rookies and then i got actually jalen duran i i think even though charlotte's gonna be horrible i think he's actually gonna be good um and somebody has to be on that team yeah i think i think he (laughs) makes the all nba just because he's gonna have enough minutes and i don't think rookies across the league get enough minutes um to garner attention i think he's just gonna get that i mean when it comes to these teams right it's really usually the way that it works out is it's you know the top guys are going for the spots and there's always one or two little shiners that make their way in and prove themselves so yeah hopefully we'll get to see some exciting content out of the rookies this season yeah yeah just like we did last year man it was great um who you got as a scoring champ Ooh, scoring champ is hard you know uh who did i have last year i believe did i say it was kd last year uh, I, think that, I think I did, and that didn't go well for me. I'm of two minds with this, because like one part of me wants to say Damian Lillard, just because of the opportunities he's gonna have on that team, right? And if I said him, I could say Bradley Beal. The other side of my mind is like, maybe it's gonna be Embiid, maybe it's gonna be Giannis, right? So for Embiid me, did. that that's the situation, right? Like I'm almost looking at it as Embiid again. So when it came down to it, Embiid was the final answer for myself, but. At the same time, it's a big man, so it's hard to really say. Yeah. I got KD, man. I got Brooklyn being good this year. I got KD trying to show the league, like, hey, nobody wanted to give up their young players for me. They're, they're young all-stars. You guys think that they're on my level? Yeah, Watch me go okay. show you what a Hall of Fame caliber player looks like, and I think he's just going to go ball out this year. And I like that. That's a good he's story. Greatest, you know, people call him the greatest scorer in NBA history, so I think he's going to lead the league. Um, though I got my boy Giannis being Defensive Player of the Year. I got him winning it for a second time. I think he's going to be a monster this year like he is every year. But, yeah, Defensive Player of the Year. Stop okay. giving it to Gobert. He doesn't deserve it. Absolutely. Giannis is my runner-up. Giannis is my runner-up. But, okay, we saw a change last season in Defensive Player of the Year. They finally gave it to a guard. We had Marcus Smart win it. Pretty exciting. So my pick over here... We're just going to throw this one into left field. I have Ben Simmons as my defensive player of the year. I have the Nets being really good. I have him looking as a player who's only asked to do one thing, and that's to defend the best player on the other side of the court every single night. So that's why I've got him up there. Is it a great decision? I mean, we've barely seen him play basketball, and 10 games in, he might decide, eh, I don't want to do this anymore, but I back her. He's, just, he's just so good defensively on that end. And I think now that we've had... Yeah. We've had Marcus Smart win. We've had a guard win. I think that really opens the pool up to a lot of players. And if we come down to the end of the season and 
you know, the Nets are doing well. Simmons has seemingly come back. Might be the media looking at him being like, hey, let's give this guy a little something for what he's been through. So that's where my All mind right. goes. All right. Who's uh, your MIP then? Ooh, MIP. So... It's a certain player. It's a certain guy that I talk about all the time. I'm probably not gonna be wrong. I'm probably gonna be wrong about this because I don't think he can get enough points. But I want to see it, man. I want to see Sadiq Bay come out here. I want to see the Pistons be legit. I've been mentioning his name every week, and I'm gonna keep doing it. Man, I love it. I love that pick. Uh, he's definitely on my radar. So is Tyrese Maxey for all the reasons that you said earlier. But I think yeah. it's gonna be Keldon Johnson. Um, like I said earlier, tons of stats, empty stats. He's gonna have the ball in his hands the whole time. He's going to be the most improved player. Stellar Plus, choice. he didn't have a, an amazing season last year because he was kind of in the shadows. So, again, it's the stark jump that people yeah. love. Like, everyone's picking Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards averaged over 20 points a game last year. Unless he averages over 35, right? Like, the scoring gonna, he's going to need to take a huge leap. Um, whereas Keldon Johnson has to take a smaller leap to, to get the same kind of effect. I think Jaw. Um, I think Jaw winning the award really changed the, the mentality, right? People, lame, people are looking at the more well-known players who are going to make superstar jumps. And I'm like, let's let's go back to our roots. Let's go what this is about. So that's why I love your pick, because it's going to be a player that people aren't thinking about. And Sadiq Bey, for me, the reason I like him so much is because, again, he's on a, a crappy team, unfortunately. But Yeah, and again, he's one of those players. He might He's on the fringe and might become a, an all-star, right? If, um, if I could delete his stats from last season and have him come into this season fresh and have the season before, easy MIP incoming, that's yeah. for sure, right? But it might be a I mean, he was too small. But that's what I mean. It might be two small steps for him rather than the big leap that you really need for MIP. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's the issue, man. Um, also, MVP, I think this one's easy, man. I picked him last year. I'm going to pick him again because Luka Doncic, I think after your old basketball, he's coming in fully in shape. He's going to run the league. Yeah, you uh, got him too? I was thinking about having him, but I thought you were going in another direction. So I'm going to just you know, I'm gonna take myself back. He's an easy choice, obviously. My other wild card dark horse is Zion. Because if Zion is Zion, as you've mentioned, is he but got my, hurt though? <laughs> that that's the thing. My actual MVP choice is the best player in the NBA. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. The guy is okay, so good. Enough. He's he now he's now multiple years removed from winning his back to backs. So no longer can the media pundits be like, ah, we can't give it to him. I really wanted to put Jokic here because I'd love to see him do three in a row. I think it would be absolutely insane. And statistically, They'll never give it to him. They'll never get to him. exactly. Statistically, he might be there, but there's no way in shape. So I look at someone like Giannis. I look at someone like Embiid. I look at someone like Luca and Zion. They could go anywhere. Bro, Jokic would have to have a forty per in order to get even consideration, and even then, he might not win it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I think it's. I think Luca. I think there's tons of great candidates, but I, I think this is Luca's year. Um, we just left the all NBA teams. We got defense and all NBA. Um, I want to run through this pretty quick because I think I think we know these names. Obviously, people get snubbed from these lists, but here is kind of my second team all NBA or all defense. I got Fred Van Vliet because I think he gets snubbed way too often. I think he's yep. got to make it this year. Um, I think you can actually convince me I'm going to drop DeJounte Murray and put Ben Simmons in there. Um, I didn't think that he was going to have a great season, but you were you convinced me there. I liked your little spiel. I got Jaron Jackson Jr., Jared Allen, and Robert Williams. Solid. I also got Herb Jones Jr., OG Ananobi, and Precious Achua's kind of honorable mentions. Um, who could all be in the mix for second team. And I think the first team is going to be pretty pretty straightforward. I think the NBA is like stuck 
voting for the same kind of guys. They have reputations. Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday, Mikhail Bridges, Jonathan Zacumpo, and Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I think like those are like the five best defenders, quote unquote, in the NBA every single year. Everybody knows them. And I think that's just what's going to happen. I'm so glad you mentioned Herb because I was about to be like, kid nailed it with everything, but you forgot one name. But oh, not my, I can no. wash my hands clean. You nailed it. Thanks, buddy. Herb's on my radar. I just, I kind of have some other guys ahead of him. He might make the team because, like, Robert Williams, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Jared Allen are all centers, technically. Mm -hmm. I just went kind of possessionless with this one. I'm I'm trying to go. As we should. (laughs) And then, um, I think, you know, third team All-NBA is going to be Trey Young, Anthony Edwards, uh, Pascal Siakam, Zion Williamson, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. I think pretty good. Uh, Curry. I've got Jamal Murray. As this number two on the all uh, all second team, yeah, I think he's gonna have a monster season with Denver, Tatum, LeBron, Jokic, and then on my first team I've got Doncic, Morant, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Embiid. It's it's too easy, man. Like we know who the top fifteen players in the NBA are these days. Like it's too easy. I mean, there are some guys that could definitely jumble this thing up. The you know, like let's say Scotty Barnes has an all-time second season. Evan Mobley, um, those guys could definitely you know hit one of these lists. Uh, Darius Garland could disrupt the guard list here. True. Um, there's you know, always players. Yeah, there's always people that are just like nipping at the heels of that third team, and that's why it can be so hard to really break into that top twenty, top twenty-five, top thirty, top fifteen players in the NBA. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have, um, like, Devin Booker. I'm sure lots of people have Devin Booker on at least one of their All-NBA teams. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's really it for me in terms of all of that coverage. And we can get into it and, and pick at it. But, again, I, th- I think we've done a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I think we're good with the takes. You want to pick a, pick an NBA champion? You know, start of the season. That's got to be a mystic prediction. Um, you guys already know where I'm going with this one. I'm going with Giannis and the Bucks, man. Give me finals MVP Giannis. Give me the Milwaukee Bucks winning and being back where they rightfully should have been last year. No Boston. Chris Middleton's healthy. Marshawn Boschman's going to be huge for them. I love it. Kids, and I mean, I, I would never be upset to see Giannis win more. He's obviously the best player in the league. But I've got more of a storied situation going on in my prediction. And it actually does have a lot to do with Giannis. Because that man was back-to-back MVPs, and then got snubbed for MVP and went on to win a finals MVP and get his ring. I'd love for Jokic to do the exact same thing. The team is coming back together. The boys are healthy and happy to go. I mean, the Nuggets team hasn't been tested in the playoffs since, oh wait, when they won all those games in the bubble with their reverse sweeps. Do I have to bring it back? It's time, man. It's time for Jokic and this Nuggets squad to do what they can and end up as champions. Hey, man, if Jamal Murray's playing at uh, all-NBA second-team level like I have him playing at, they are definitely, definitely not out of the race for sure. So I, I like that pick. Um, you know, a Nuggets-Milwaukee final would be absolutely awesome. I've got Dallas personally making the finals out of the Western Conference. Just Oh, that would be fun. A Luka-Giannis and a Giannis beating Luka. I, that's just kind of how I see it. But, um, hey, it's a wild season. There's a lot of things that we can't predict, injuries, whatever have you. And, and I think that uh, it's going to be a great season ahead of us, man. I'm super pumped, man. I'm excited that it's here. I can't believe that it's around the corner. 
We've got so much Raptors to talk about in the weeks to come, but I think that's pretty much all for today, my friend. Oh, yeah, man. You're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, whatever you need, and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.